the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, and welcome to today's City Missions Hope for the Homeless podcast. I'm Dean Gartland, President and CEO for City Mission in Washington, PA. And today we're going to be starting off the next part of our AIRS model, a City Missions Holistic Care model for, for dis- by discussing the R, which stands for recovery. We are taking a deeper dive into this by discussing recovery mental health. And so before we get started, though, I just want to give a real quick uh, overview of, of this model because I know it's been a while since uh, uh, folks have heard our, our podcast here. But the AIRS model was developed as a way of measuring uh, success for our residents. And as they work through the barriers uh, that have um, caused them to be in a homeless situation, whether they're chronically homeless or situationally homeless, they have encountered these barriers uh, that stand in their way of actually really living an independent life. And at the city mission, we have this model uh, called AIRS, and it stands for housing, employment, income, recovery, and spiritual development. And so we uh, measure uh, our residents' success in each one of those areas as they move through our program and see just so we can understand what's working, maybe what's not working, maybe what we need to adjust. So our program has a lot of flexibility to it so it can adjust as the needs of the clients change that are walking through our doors. And over the years, we have seen uh, quite a number of changes, obviously, from uh, things that are going on in our society that's creating other types of barriers that people may be experiencing as they walk through our doors. But these uh, five areas of housing, em- employment, income, recovery, and spiritual development are the five kind of major areas that our residents and people that are experiencing homelessness uh, need to overcome these barriers that stand in their way. And so I have a few guests with me in the studio t- uh, today, and uh, one guest is a regular with me here. Now, her name is Leah Dietrich, and Leah is our Director of Residential Programs at the City Mission in Washington. And I'm going to ask her to talk a little bit about uh, the program and you know the, the services that are offered there and the and some of the st- the statistics and some of the good results that we see happening uh for our residents who are, who are coming to the city mission and walking through our program and on this journey so leah uh, give us a give us a, an overview kind of really t- walk us through what this whole mental health element is uh as the, as you see it uh at the city mission sure dean um Thank you for having me today, and thank you for bringing up this topic. I think it's so important to talk about mental health. We know that so many Americans face mental health challenges within their lives. It's not just the homeless population. It's a common ailment. So having individuals, number one, identify that mental health is a problem that they're facing or a barrier that they're coming to us with is really, really important. And for some of them, it's a challenge. It's the first time that someone has said, 
you know, you you seem to be struggling with some anxiety or you seem to be facing depression or we've noticed that you're struggling with your sleep at night and that seems to be causing some issues for you. So being able to, number one, help our residents understand that it's okay to identify that you have a mental health issue. It's okay to talk about that mental health issue and it's okay to seek treatment for it. Oftentimes there's such a stigma that there's something wrong with me if I face one of these challenges when it's very, very common about Mm -hmm. we know over 50 percent of Americans throughout their lifetime will face some sort of a mental health diagnosis. Uh, Most commonly things like depression, anxiety um, and mood disorders. But being able to identify that, you know, this is a common thing. It's okay, And it is something that is very treatable, just like diabetes or high blood pressure or any of those things. There is a combination of medication as well as treatment that can just really, really help with this. And I and and I know in the, in in our just in the general population, I mean, these are issues. What you just described is is very challenging in and of itself. Uh, the uh, the stigma that goes with it. Mm-hmm. There's so many people that we know. Uh, probably many of our our listeners are that are also they know people or maybe even themselves who say that may think that they have some underlying mental health condition, but are reluctant to go and seek any kind of treatment or help because of that stigma. But when you're looking at people that are homeless, and so uh, what do you see? I know I noticed you talked about about 50 percent. You know, what's the percentage that you see uh, of the homeless coming through the city mission who may be experiencing some level of mental health uh, disorder or challenge that is really a significant piece of, of holding them back from independence? I would say about 80% of our residents, if not more, face mental health conditions. And a lot of times they have experienced different life events that have caused significant trauma. Uh, PTSD is a common diagnosis for individuals within our facility. We serve veteran populations. We serve individuals who have had very difficult life situations they've encountered, significant abuse, things like that, that have consequences if they're not handled and dealt with right away. And I think that for a lot of our residents, those things build and they go from being a situation that can be easily handled to being something that looks like a mountain and you're standing at the bottom of it, not sure exactly how to tackle it. And our goal at City Mission is to help our residents Take one step at a time of getting connected to the right level of treatment, getting support throughout that treatment so that they can get to a point where they're at the top of the mountain and they're stable and they've conquered it um, and they're continuing to work on themselves because we all need to continue. This is a journey. Life is a journey. You have to be constantly addressing these issues and staying on top of them so that they don't become overwhelming. So we really try to help our residents to get to that place, to be consistent with their mental health treatment, to get the level of treatment they need, to be open to medication if that's something that would be helpful for them, and then to minimize those mental health symptoms, whether it's sleeping, whether it's depressive symptoms, whether they're isolating, whether they're um, facing debilitating anxiety. A lot of our residents have a large amount of social anxiety. Mm -hmm. They struggle with large group settings and at the mission they face a lot of those even mealtime can be overwhelming at first but being able to work with them side by side through case management through treatment planning through connection to outside services through just addressing pieces one at a time until we tackle that mountain and we have a lot of success in doing that about 68 percent 
success overall in 2019-2020 with individuals getting to a point where they're either stable or stabilizing, where they're really connected to services, they're at a point in their treatment where their mental health symptoms are minimal, they're compliant with their treatment, they're going to counseling, they're taking their medication, they're on the right regimen, they're on the road to recovery. And that's really important, isn't it, that, 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 that our residents get to that place of, of being either stable or stabilizing because uh, there's other issues, obviously, that they have that they're addressing as well. And it's very hard to um, move forward in addressing any of these other, uh, other barriers or other issues that they might be challenged with when there's some underlying mental health conditions that are causing them to be fearful or distrusting or, you know, some of those things that we no- we notice that um, many uh, are experiencing that they, they don't trust people, they don't trust, <laughs> they don't trust the system, uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, that type of thing. And so overcoming this or at least stable, as you st- stated, stabilizing or becoming stable, uh, really a critical p- part of the program, is it? Absolutely. And I think that for our residents, one of the benefits that we have for them is they have a house coordinator that works so closely with them to identify right from the start of their entry into the program, what are the barriers that are the greatest? Mm-hmm. What what are the things that are impacting them the most? And then let's tackle that first. And one by one, we address each issue until they leave in a place where they are stable, they are healthy, they are ready for things that they may not have ever thought that they could do. We've had Mm. residents come into the program that say, I can't work, I can't handle the stress of that, my anxiety is too high, or I can't possibly go to this social situation with my family, Um, the pain from the past is too great, I can't overcome that. And they're able to work through those things so that they can take on the other roles and responsibilities they have in life as a son, as a father, as a sister, as a aunt, um, as a future member of a team, whether it's an employer or whether it's volunteer work, whatever they get engaged in, being able to see them make that change. And a lot of it has to do with the work that they do side by side with their house coordinators. And we're thankful today to have Craig Moreland with us, who is one of our house coordinators in our men's program. Craig oversees the Emmaus House. Craig, can you talk to us a little bit about what you do with the residents and what the house coordinator's responsibility is in helping our residents to face this challenge of mental health? Hi, uh, Leah. Uh, Dean, glad to be here. Um, I think, I mean, the main thing that we really do is try to get the uh, – the residents connected to all the uh, the the right appropriate uh, people, uh, like Leah had mentioned, it's such a an important process. You know, starting with you know you know medication, self care, connection to treatment, but that all it all starts with the acceptance, you know, of the the reality of the mental health struggle. And I think the biggest barrier that we find with so many of our residents is just that stigma that's still there and, you know, the true acceptance that this is real. It's a medical condition that you're dealing with. Uh, but, you know, we, we help them deal with it. And like she said, uh, Leah had mentioned, you know, that it's very, very overwhelming when you have a list of, of roles you have to play, a list of things you have to do, a list of consequences of our actions and mistakes. And we try to just help them tackle it, you know, one issue at a time, one task at a time. 
because it is. It's it's too overwhelming uh, when you you take a look at that long list of responsibilities. And part of the acceptance and the self-care, too, is we have to take care of ourselves because if not, we can't fulfill those roles. So we kind of just, you know, try to help them, uh, you know, fulfill those tasks. And obviously we can't do it alone and to connect them with the uh, the appropriate people that can do it. Mm-hmm. Well, Craig, do you have a – or can you think of one, an example of someone that maybe you were working with who, you know, came in and had some – these mental health challenges and that you were working with and they began to – you began to see some light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, maybe you can share an example of somebody that maybe that we're working with uh, um, that uh, began that process of overcoming some of these uh, uh, stigma and actually began to accept uh, – this uh, um, disease, this 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 condition, and that was able to uh, make some progress. Sure, sure. Yeah, I uh, I'm working with a young gentleman uh, right now, actually, and to talk about one of those big barriers being the stigma to uh, to mental health um, illness and recovery is he's. He's a young uh, gentleman who's a young father, and he's been through a lot of stuff in his childhood. Uh, he struggles with PTSD and bipolar and anxiety and depression. And he's just – he's got a lot going on. But I think that stigma has been such a barrier for for him to truly accept that this is real, what he's going through. These feelings are real. This anxiety is real. And because to him it was the the machismo, macho, you know, stigma. He's a father. He's a young father. He's got to pro- pro- pro, you know provide for his family. Got to get a job. Can't you know? He almost felt selfish for not only you know focusing on his own mental health, but also he struggled with the fact that is it even a real thing? And that's the one thing that we talk about every single morning when I, whenever we meet together. This is a real thing, but we're going to tackle it, you know, one day at a time. So, and I've, I've seen tremendous progress, but it all started with that big, big barrier that this is real, this is a medical condition, but there's, there's a lot that we can do with it. Let's start there, but let's start with accepting that you have this and you need – self-care is very, very important because you can't um, be a father. You can't fulfill all those roles if you don't take care of yourself first. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what we work on. And, and medication is a part of the process, and obviously, and um, the uh, to help in that pro- in the stabilizing or becoming stable. And I know uh, we work with a number of groups, and Leah, you have uh, um, you know connected to a number of community resources that, are, that help our clients. And uh, so we have a, about another minute here left. Um, so maybe you can just talk a little bit about that about the. The fact that, you know, medication does play a role and we really don't have to be afraid of medication. I mean, it actually <laughs> it does play a, play a role in stabilizing. So maybe just talk for a few, about a half a minute or so about that before we close. Absolutely. I think that one of the most important things that we can do for our clients and just for the community in general is talk about the fact that it's okay to take medication to handle mental health conditions. Just like you would take medication if you were diabetic and you needed insulin, or just like you would take your high blood pressure medication. Sometimes we need anxiety medication. Sometimes we need depression medication. Sometimes we need sleep medication, and that's okay. Uh, There's nothing wrong with that. And we're thankful for community resources like uh, Center for Community Resources in Washington County, which helps us connect our residents, mental health care, SPHS, the Care Center, Centerville Clinics, Turning Point 2, and Greenbrier, all which help our clients to get the support they need. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention, too, that 
we always encourage anyone within the community, if you're struggling and you're dealing with mental health issues and you feel like you're at the end of your rope, you're not sure where to turn, that the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is always available at 1-800-273-8255. It's important to know that there's always help there. And if you need help, if you're facing this and if you're saying, I don't know where to turn, there are resources available. We have a lot of resources on our website as well to connect you with uh, with important information. And we're here. We're here mm. for you. And we hope that if you need help, reach out. Mm. Well, very good. Well, uh, obviously, mental health is certainly one of those barriers that the homeless and uh, those that uh, walk through the doors of City Mission really need to address. And I think you made it pretty clear. Uh, Craig, I appreciate you being here today. Thank you for your insight on this. Leah, obviously, thank you again for being here. And thank uh, our audience as well for joining us today in this discussion. Uh, next time, we're going to be talking about the next part of that R in the AIRS model, which stands for Recovery Medical Health. And so uh, uh, I want you to feel free to connect with us on Facebook twitter or instagram we would love to have your comments on the topics we discuss and so until next time god bless you and uh, uh from myself and a whole city mission uh hope for the homeless team i'm dean gartland uh thank you for joining us today three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost and covers the facts behind this scandal flynn told the truth he was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.